0: Hello, this is Darren Pulsifer, Chief Solution Architect of Public Sector at Intel, and welcome to Embracing Digital Transformation, where we investigate effective change leveraging people, process, and technology. On today's episode, we're going to talk about big memory and software-defined memory controllers with Charles Van, CEO
1: of Member.
0: Hey, Charles, welcome to uh, you know Embracing Digital Transformation. It's great to have you here.
1: Hey Darren, thanks for having me here.
0: You know, when I heard about your guys' technology, I was blown away. I didn't, I actually didn't believe it. Um, (laughs) And then I started playing around with it, talking more to your architects. This is incredible stuff. So you wanna tell us how you got here, first off?
1: Sure, sure, thank you. And uh, in fact, uh, uh, the reason we are able to do this is because of the technology developed by Intel. Uh, namely the uh, 3D crosspoint obtained persistent memory technology, uh, that is really a game changer. Um, and, and it opened up a whole bunch of possibilities that was not possible before. And I think only building on that foundation that I, we think we are doing something pretty cool uh, in software on top of that. So happy to uh, go into some details in what we do here.
0: Well, and, and of course, uh, being from Intel, I love it when someone takes our technology and makes it even better, right? Yeah. That's always good.
1: Yeah, the way I see it, we are kind of uh, expressing the power of the, uh, this new wonderful media that you invented.
0: Well, cool. So tell me a little bit about why you went in this direction.
1: Sure, sure. So uh, the technology we are developing is called Big Memory Software. Uh, that we are doing this because we believe there is a growing demand um, from the applications and from the the businesses to process data in ever higher volume and ever higher velocity. Uh, There are more and more real-time applications that need to really get instant insights and actions uh, from the data that are being processed. And this is calling for a new infrastructure that needs to be more memory centric. And and we would like to uh, venture to say more software defined uh, as well. Uh, The reason it needs to be more memory centric is because the latency requirement uh, is too quick for a traditional storage architecture to uh, satisfy. Uh, Only the memory uh, could have really the microsecond, even nanosecond latency that this application needs. And, uh, and software-defined, I'll go into more details to see uh, why we think it also needs to be more software-defined. And when we are talking about memory, uh, you know, as more and more software are becoming in-memory or memory intensive, whether we are looking at uh, AI, machine learning, um, or uh, real-time big data analytics, uh, or just in-memory databases for transactions, uh, that they typically use DRAM uh, today. Um, and, and DRAM has a nanosecond level latency, uh, and, uh, in, and and people are able to uh, deliver pretty nice uh, uh, capability or, and the capacity of DRAM in today's servers. So that does provide a solution to many of these problems today. However, DRAM does have its limitation. Uh, it does have a physics, uh, a limitation in physics in terms of how how much the density of the memory and how much you can fit in a server. Uh, it's also relatively expensive. Uh, that's also a result of the physical density. Um, and uh, very importantly it is volatile. And and volatile may be okay in the small data world because you won't lose a you know, small amount of data, but once data become bigger and bigger, that's in the memory volatility become more and more of a constraint uh, in terms of how you want to protect the data that's running in memory. So today, if you have a few hundred gigabytes in memory, if you crash, it actually takes quite a few minutes or even hours to recover the data that was running in memory. So these are the limitations of DRAM and persistent memory came out and that changed the game. It basically removed these bottlenecks. You have bigger capacity, you have a lower cost, and you have persistence. Uh, so so many of the constraints that DRAM poses on the applications are being removed by this new technology. Um, but the technology alone, there are some challenges in terms of how can we move the existing application, the existing workload on top of it. Uh, there is the... Uh, it you know, speaks a different API if you want to enjoy all, all of its benefits and how do you get existing application to do, to use it without rewrite because, you know, rewriting is great. It, it can use the hardware, but not everyone's in position to rewrite their
0: app. Yeah, that's fair too. A lot of my customers say right. this is the coolest technology, this p persistent right. memory, but you're telling me I have to rewrite all my applications.
1: There's no <laughs> way that's going to happen. Right, right. It, it takes a long time and, uh, and sometimes the original developer is no longer here. So, yeah, meaning these so, so days. Yeah. <laughs> Some
0: of those old guys are dying off that wrote yeah. code, you know, 30, 40 I think, years I think, ago.
1: I think both of us have been engineering managers, so we we, we know what that feels like. Yes. <laughs> and and uh, uh, so, so there's the compatibility, and then there's the performance. So, today, you know, the Optane does operate at memory speed. But in latency, in some of the access patterns, it is a little bit slower than DRAM. Uh, so, so, so if we don't do anything smart, uh, then there is a, a hit, ten percent, twenty percent, you know, thirty uh, percent to to a workload depending on the workload. If you run run that on PMAM. and um, and then with persistence, uh, you know, what's the best way of using persistence? That's sort of the least disruption to the uh, programming paradigms as before. So, uh, so those are also sort the of open questions. As this you know, wonderful magic new hardware come to market, how can we get the application to move on top of it? And that's essentially what we set out to do three years ago. Uh, that was two years before Obtain became available as a, in the memory form factor, but we kind of anticipated there might be interesting value add. Uh, a
0: software can deliver. Well, and, and that's when you guys came up with this software-defined memory. Yes. Right? Yes. I, I, it was brilliant because it fits really well into that whole software-defined infrastructure layer right. that yeah. I've been preaching about for years. And then when I heard you guys had a software-defined memory controller, I was like, whoa, game changer, right? Now I can right. do crazy things inside right. my CPU that I couldn't do before. So this is very, very cool.
1: That's, uh, that's right. You know, I, I, I believe, you know, certainly there's a digital transformation that's going on in a lot of the enterprises. And I think to serve that, there is a, a data center transformation, I foresee in the next 10 years. Um, I think it's gonna become, from a hardware perspective, perhaps a more heterogeneous world, uh, both from a computing elements point of view and from memory elements point of view. And and there will emerge new fabric, such as CXL, that interconnects between these elements. And now the biggest challenge, I believe, is how do you get the application ecosystem to
0: move? Yeah, that's going to be tough.
1: Um, Right, on top of this, new uh, infrastructure. And and I, I think that's where what you mentioned as a software defined infrastructure is needed. You need a layer of software to really uh, glue over it and um, massage it into consumable pieces, composable pieces that are easier for the application to, to digest. And um, our software is in that space. Essentially, we are creating an important component, which is a software-defined memory component uh, to make the memory resources, you know, composable, digestible, (laughs) by the applications in the easiest way. Yeah,
0: I mean, the the things that you bring with that, you bring dynamic SLA and QoS, you bring resiliency, application persistence, efficiency, performance, all the things that you normally get with like software-defined compute, storage or network, we now get with memory with yeah. like you said, that lower latency and screaming fast speeds.
1: Yes, exactly, so and, very and so, cool. so on top of that, we did, uh, I think our two most important intellectual property or inventions that we have done. Uh, the first one is, you know, a, uh, a, a software virtualization layer that optimizes on the performance Uh, of this software-defined memory, uh, the combination of PMAM and DRAM, that we were able to get it to be very close to the DRAM performance. In fact, for any workload, we can find a ratio between DRAM and PMAM so that the performance is at or exceed uh, the uh, the, the DRAM level uh, performance. And by offering this as software, this, we have an unfair advantage Because if you if you configure this this in hardware, you have to configure really for the for For the the whole whole machine,
0: yeah, yeah, the whole
1: machine, and uh, it's difficult to change. You have to reboot your machine to change your BIOS to change it. But now we can do it in software, so you can configure different ratios for different applications, Um, and you can dynamically change the ratios as, as you need it depending on the workload. So 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 this essentially gives you all the flexibility and power to get. The performance and optimization we have done in our tiering algorithm. Uh, and uh, so we, we can deliver the, the, the sum, the combination of the capacity between DRAM and PMAP, and we have done enough software optimization in the allocation and tiering of the memory to get the performance to be at the DRAM level. Uh, so, so this is the first, really the first of our uh, 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 Value add our technology.
0: Yeah, when when I first saw those performance numbers when your team showed me them, I I was like, how in the world can you be faster than DRAM?
1: Because you have some
0: like SQL performance numbers right, right, right. that are like, I'm like, this is amazing. And the the cool thing that you get with it is not only is it as fast or faster than DRAM, it's persistent.
1: Right, right, right. Which so, is
0: another crazy thing,
1: right? Right, right, right. So. Uh, so that's the second uh, of our two inventions so far um, is how do we best to uh, take advantage of the persistence capability of the underlying hardware. Uh, so I-, I think the most wonderful uh, properties of obtain persistent memory is that it is persistent um, and unlike any memory that came before it. Um, and But how to use persistence is is not a trivial question. Uh, you know, you can certainly have a new API that present a new persistent memory. And then if you're developing a new application, or if you're rewriting an existing application, you write through that new API, then you need to change the way you're thinking about memory as an application developer, you know, which is great. You can open up new ways of writing a new app. Uh, that That's wonderful. Uh, but most of the applications today are not ready for a redesign, or, or this is not a simple rewrite of changing an API call. This is a- Architectural a, change. Right, a programming paradigm change. It's yeah. like a, the way you, you reason well, about things.
0: Because what did they pound into us in computer science schools? Right. Right. They yeah. said, no, no, you can't store everything, because once you turn the yeah. machine off, all your memory yeah. goes away. Yeah. yeah. That's not true anymore. So right. all this, complexity that we built in marshalling data structures and all that stuff, that goes away. And that's when I saw this technology like three years ago uh, with persistent memory, I was like, oh, I got to get my hands on that because I can get rid of tons of code. Right. Middleware. And what you guys are saying is, yeah, that's a huge paradigm shift.
1: Right. Right. It's going to take
0: a long time for people to get used to that kind of
1: programming. Right. It's a huge paradigm shift. You know, everything we learned in the computer science schools, you know, last 70 <laughs> years going to be thrown out of the window and there's new way of doing it and, and a better way too. Uh, but not everyone can do that. <coughs>
0: no. They want.
1: Wow. So it's going to be a 10 year, 20 year journey as we moving into that world. So, so, so now the question is now we see this future and 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 we are where we are in the present. How do we build a bridge uh, into this future in the most seamless way possible? And we've been working on this problem for over three years now. And we believe so far what we have found, the best way to persist, if you don't want to break the existing paradigm, if you don't want to change the existing application, is through a new mechanism we call in-memory snapshot, uh, or zero IO snapshot. so how does that work? Is it works on top of our software-defined memory. So our software-defined memory is a volatile memory service. Uh, it, even though the underlying, you know, DRAM P-memory, the p is persistent, but we're presenting to applications in a DRAM-compatible volatile memory service. And this is so that we don't break the existing application, no no rewrite. You know, it would just work out of the box. Uh, so, so that alone doesn't give you persistence. Now on top of it, uh, how we leverage the persistence is we provide the operator of the application, a GUI uh, and a CLI so that you can see all the applications that are running on your software defined memory, you know. Uh, and and as, as you mentioned, this is already powerful because you can monitor how things are going, you can define SLAs, you can dynamically no, re- no, the to support these applications. But now we're adding a snapshot capability. So now you can, for any applications, you can decide to take an instant snapshot of that entire application state. And that's a snapshot, you can recover that application at any time in the future. Um, and either, <laughs> yeah, that's, To me, that's
0: a game changer right there. Because I got customers right now that they have this box that they've been running on this application, no one knows who wrote it anymore. Right. They said, we need to make it highly available but we don't know how. Right. And with this, I can make it highly available cuz not only can I snapshot it, I can restore it yes. like
1: that. Exactly. So so this makes your memory not only persistent but highly available that that you can yeah, after a crash, one. you can do an instant recovery to that snapshot of your application and um, and you can roll back, you know, if uh, if there's you know if you uh, by accident We are human, made a mistake in my database. You can roll back to a previous point before that error occurred. And and we can do clone uh, on top of the snapshot. So you can create new instance of the application without actually physically replicating the memory. So you can have create multiple independent processes and their logical memory spaces mapping to the same physical memory space. And this not only saves memory, this also makes the process of creating clone instant. And, and at the same it's time, they are, in, they are independent uh, uh, instances, in, in, independent different processes. So each can run and you can create new memory and we do the copy and write. So we kind of ma- manage the forking the different memory pages depending so, on.
0: The uh, page. so, so that's incredible because my brain is now going, whoa, I know what I can do with this, right? I can have okay. tons of microservices, all the okay. same instance, Popping up and tearing down almost instantly
1: exactly. to handle
0: load or whatever I need to do. Yeah, this is, yeah. This is pretty pretty slick uh, technology. Right, right, right,
1: right. I think this uh, this um, essentially makes a lot of things that were impossible before uh, possible. possible. And, and this is the really the combination of the hardware innovation that Intel did, uh, you know, with the three D cross point and the software in, uh, innovation that we we are working hard uh, to invent.
0: Great, great technology. Like I said, when I saw it, I was like salivating. I'm like, this is so awesome because I write a lot of little apps uh, to keep my software skills up. (laughs) Uh, People that listen to my podcast know that about me. And now I don't have to worry about persistence. I'm just going to, take a little snapshot and then roll back to the testing I was doing before this is yeah there, there's so much possibilities with this
1: yes and, and in the future uh, so, so so this is what we are delivering today so later this it's amazing month, yeah later this month and, and in partnership with Intel that we will launch. Uh, the first version of our product for general availability. So, so so, this month is a very exciting month for us after three, one and three years of uh, uh, labor, uh, tough labor. <laughs> Lots and, uh, of labor. <laughs> uh, yeah. That uh, we are delivering the first version of our product to the world. Um, and, and what what I just described, both the uh, software-defined memory and the stereo IO snapshot capability are gonna be part of this release uh, that we are making this month. Uh, but just to give you a, a, a sneak a preview of, uh, of the future, uh, I think this, uh, this snapshot uh, you know, right now is from admin, an administrator point of view uh, uh, that allows you to save the uh, state of the entire application. And this is useful for a number of use cases. We are working with Intel, on, on a number of customers um, in financial, media entertainment, and oil, gas, and other... Other sectors uh, you know, into uh, using th- these feature, but but in the future, uh, uh, we are we are planning a, a version two uh, now uh, um, in a year's time or so um, that will have an SDK. Uh, in addition to using it as a transparent memory layer, now for the new application developers. Uh, we are going to create a new way of persisting your data. Uh, And and this will make the new application development easier as well as make it easier if you want to modify your existing application. So what this is is, you know, right now we are offering a, a DRAM compatible memory service to make your memory bigger, cheaper, persistent and snapshot and all that. But we are not solving the storage problem per se with version one. So storage, uh, go to storage. And now with bigger memory, maybe more stuff can go into memory, configured into memory, but storage we don't touch. Um, But with um, 2.0 and and with the SDK, uh, we think snapshotting is also an interesting new way of persisting data, not for the whole application, but for whatever chunk of data that you want to save. Uh, so, so today, if you are running a database or, or so on, uh, it runs in memory and when you need to persist, uh, you, uh, sort of, uh, serialize it. Uh, you right. Yeah. It window, takes, yeah. yeah. You, you write it in 4k blocks and then <laughs> yeah. you close it and so on. And when you read it, you, you kind of do the reverse. You know,
0: I, you... I, I looked at that Charles and it's like 20 steps. Right. Right. And, right. To and, and, and take a data structure and to
1: stream it, to store it. Right. It's right. 20 steps. Right. That, that's why it's so slow. And, yeah. and often you need to go through a network and then automating all of that, right? So 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 that's why storage I.O. can often be a bottleneck. Uh, and uh, so now with the new method through snapshotting, essentially we can, we have the ability of snapshotting any sub-region of memory. So you can write your program. There is no architectural change to your program, but When you need to persist something, you can just just snapshot that little area, that particular table, (laughs) particular variable, particular column, or or, or so on. And uh, so, so this I think have you know doesn't change the familiar model of programming, but but greatly accelerate uh, the the I/O expat because there's no no more I/O. There's there's
0: yeah, that that's incredible. Now tell me a little bit about if I snapshot something, can I move that to another machine?
1: Yes, yes. So, oh,
0: so I'm not stuck on one machine.
1: That, that's right. So, so essentially, uh, uh, after you create a snapshot, uh, this become a manageable object, the, the, the whole snapshot. It, you know, right, right after the, the snapshot process, which typically takes less than one second, uh, the, even if you have a terabyte of memory, it takes like less than a second to take a snapshot. And once that's done, this is an object. Now you can decide to move to a storage system if you like, move to another server if you like, and uh, and and those th- these things can be transportable and anywhere, uh, anytime you can restart this application instance from that uh, snapshot object.
0: That's so, so I could right before I shut down a server, I could snapshot my yeah. applications. Yeah move the stuff over, turn back on and be up. Yeah, yeah, now your you team can. your team also said there's live migration available too, is that right?
1: Right, so essentially this can enable certain migration scenarios. Uh, uh, gotcha. That you can capture in a snapshot, move it to another places in the cloud or somewhere, uh, and then and start your application there. You don't lose anything uh, in this process.
0: That's, that's really incredible stuff. Right, right. Well, so,
1: Charles, so, Char- so, so we are very excited.
0: Yeah, this is, this is exciting stuff. So your launch is in the next two or three weeks. Yeah. Um, September, when's your launch? September 23rd. Uh,
1: September 23rd. I this, think you are the first place we're announcing it. <laughs> oh, that's, are, that's, uh, that's awesome, uh, right? In the next couple of days, people should start seeing some um, social media uh, announced preview of our product launch event.
0: Um, a great technology. Thanks a lot, Charles, for your time today. Um, I only wish you the best because this is incredible technology. Thank you, Darren. Thanks for listening to Embracing Digital Transformation today. If you liked our episode, go ahead and give us five stars on your favorite podcast or video streaming site. You can also find out more on embracingdigital.com. Until next time, keep moving forward and embrace the digital revolution.